Welcome back to another beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Who's ready for another Reddit horror story? I know I am. I think you guys should be too because today we have a certified banger of the story, okay? But before I get into that, welcome to the Rainy Day Horror Show. Welcome back. I just, you know, feel blessed to be in my presence, right? The best horror podcast ever? Well, horror podcast host ever? Yeah, me, Dusty McBalls, a.k.a. the certified cougar... <coughs> oh my god, I, <coughs> I inhaled, sorry. The certified cougar hunter and the man with the biggest testicles in the whole universe? You guys have it made, alright? Just kidding, that's all sarcasm. I'm just messing around with you guys, but yes... Today, we do have another Reddit horror story, and this one is actually pretty good, okay? This one, if you know, if you have a sleep talker in your family, you might want to listen to them talk sometimes, okay? But, this story comes from Scary Stories, the subreddit, Scary Stories, with the user being called Time Warp Terrors, alright? And the name of this story is The Sinister Sleep Talker, a chilling true crime mystery. Ooh, spooky. Spooky noises, spooky. All right, now before we get into this story, sit back, relax. You're at work. It is the beginning of the work week. No adventures, no adventures. Alright, we got a few more days till we can start going on an adventure again. Alright? So, just sit back. Maybe have a juice box. Eat some Doritos. Or. Or. Sorry, I heard walking around in it tweaked me out for a second. Or, I don't know, just grab something, alright? Grab something that you just, you know, quench your thirst and make you not hungry, okay? And without further ado, let's get into the scary story called The Sinister Sleep Talker. Living in a big city all my life, I was a light sleeper. The constant blare of sirens and the perpetual hum of traffic had turned the deepest of slumbers into a series of intermittent naps. But when I relocated to the peaceful town of Miradale, the light sleeping came in handy, specifically for deciphering Susan's enigmatic sleep talk. Susan, my loving partner, had always been a sleep talker. During our time in the city, her mumbling was filled with nothing more than nonsensical phrases and playful banter. However, her sleep-induced ramblings changed when we moved to Meridale. His name is Henry. She mumbled one night, breaking the tranquility of our small bedroom He's, he's in the basement, 
I found myself wide awake, staring at the ceiling, trying to make sense of her words. We didn't know any Henry, and our basement was a glorified storage room filled with cardboard boxes and old unwanted furniture from the previous owner. As days turned into weeks, Susan's sleep-induced revelations grew more and more coherent. Dates, detailed descriptions, mysterious events, her late-night confessions morphed into an eerie tale that left me perplexed and curious. What was happening to Susan? She had always been somewhat of an introvert, a closed book, but this was something entirely different. One night, her sleep talk sent chills down my spine. The specific words hung in the cold night air, making the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Woodbridge Street existed in Marydale, and it did have a ravine running along its edge. The next morning, curiosity overpowered my skepticism. The bright, welcoming sunlight of a summer morning felt in stark contrast to the ominous mission I had embarked on as I drove down to Woodbridge Street. The ravine shrouded in an uncanny silence, felt alien under the clear blue sky. A sudden impulse pushed me to bring a spade from the trunk and dig into the moist ground. After hours of relentless digging, my spade hit something hard. Kneeling down, I brushed off the surrounding dirt to reveal a tarnished metal box. My heart pounded as I pried it open. It was filled with old Polaroids, each featuring a man I couldn't recognize. He was depicted in different locations around town, always with a serious expression on his face. One photo had a scribbled note on the back. Henry, 1998. A shiver ran down my spine as Susan's words echoed in my mind. His name is Henry. He's in the basement. With the box of photos in hand, the setting sun on my back, I drove home. A cold sense of dread washed over me. What had Susan been involved in? That night, as if on cue, Susan confessed more secrets in her sleep. He knew too much. I had to hide it. I had to. Her words hung heavily in the room, an invisible weight that had me sitting up, my heart pounding in the quiet darkness. Don found me at the local police station. The box of photos spread out on the table. The officers instantly recognized the man in the photos. Henry, they told me. He was a private investigator 
who had disappeared under mysterious circumstances in 1998. His case had grown cold over the years, with no new leads to follow. The revelation hit me like a sledgehammer. Susan, my reserved, loving partner, linked to an unsolved crime? The idea was ludicrous. I chuckled nervously, the sound echoing around the confines of the police station. The police instructed me to go home to act normal. They would handle the investigation from here. As I walked out, a chilling thought occurred to me. Every night, Susan had been confessing to her secrets, but every morning, she had no memory of it. How was I supposed to act normal with the knowledge I possessed? Could I continue to live in blissful ignorance, knowing that my partner was potentially harboring a terrifying secret? The thought gnawed at my mind as I drove back home. Back to Susan. The days that followed were a surreal blur. The quiet, small-town life that I had grown to love in Marydale was replaced with an undercurrent of apprehension and paranoia. It was a daunting task to smile and carry on as if everything was normal, especially when my nights were filled with Susan's sleep-induced confessions. The confessions became darker, the threads tying her words to the unsolved case of Henry growing thicker. I didn't mean to. He was snooping. She murmured one night, her voice filled with a strange mix of fear and defiance. The words lingered in the darkness of our bedroom, embedding themselves in my racing thoughts. Was Susan admitting to something more sinister? In the daytime, Susan was the same as she had always been. Caring, slightly introverted, blissfully oblivious of the words she spilled every night. I couldn't reconcile this Susan with the one who whispered dark secrets under the cover of darkness. It was as if I was living with two different people. While I grappled with the growing divide, the police were hard at work. They combed through every bit of information related to Henry and his disappearance. My small town life was now dominated by stern-faced officers and the omnipresent specter of a cold case rapidly warming up. Then on one dreary afternoon, I received a call from the station. They had unearthed records of Henry's last case. He had been investigating a series of embezzlements in a local company. Susan, I knew, had worked in the same firm during those years. The police wanted to bring her in for questioning. The revelation felt like a physical blow. Susan, involved in a crime? Could the woman I loved, the woman I thought I knew, 
have played a part in something so sinister? The questions circled my mind, their weight making it harder to breathe. The night before Susan was to go in for questioning, her sleep talk took an even more horrifying turn. It was an accident. I didn't mean to. I had to hide him. The basement. Oh God. Her voice was trembling, filled with an urgency I hadn't heard before. The following morning, Susan was unnaturally quiet. She knew something was wrong. She could see it in my eyes. I drove her to the police station in silence. The entire way, I wrestled with my conscience. Should I confront her with her own words? Or was I to remain silent, tormented by her unknowing confessions? I chose to stay silent, to wait and see what the police would uncover. The day was a torturous stretch of time. I found myself pacing the house, drawn inexplicably to the basement. Susan's last sleep talk confession echoed in my mind. The basement. Oh God. I descended the stairs, the chilling darkness of the basement swallowing me. With a newfound determination, I began to examine the room. I moved boxes, inspected walls, and finally, my heart dropped as I noticed a discrepancy in the floor, a patch that seemed slightly different from the rest. Mustering every ounce of courage, I dug into the patch. After several minutes, my trembling hands touched something hard, a set of keys, rusted and old. A sudden realization dawned on me. Henry? He was a private investigator. What if he had found something? What if he had been silenced? The door creaked open just as I was putting the pieces together. The officer stood there, Susan in between them. Her eyes met mine, and in them, I saw a flicker of something. Fear? Guilt? Remorse? Those keys, where did you find them? One officer asked, his gaze fixated on the rusty keys. I swallowed hard, my voice barely a whisper as I responded. The basement. The room fell into a deep silence, broken only by Susan's soft sobs. I looked at the woman I had shared my life with struggling to reconcile this moment with the countless memories of love and affection. As the police started their investigation into what lay beneath our home, I was left with the chilling echo of her midnight confessions. End story. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. I thought that one was really good. Hold on, I need to take a sip real quick. Sipping on that good old Mountain Dew. Had to wet my whistle. But yeah, no, that was a good story. Um, not gonna lie. This one hit a little home to me, right? Because I 
if you don't know this probably I don't know if you do if you know me you know but if you don't you don't I sleepwalk and sleep talk so I have a lot of weird stories about stuff that I've done like one night I was staying over at my great grandma's house and my grandma was in my room while I was sleeping I forgot what she was doing but I sat up and I screamed there's a bomb in the house and then when I lived in Atlanta I once got up and I threw my I had a I was having a nightmare about crawfish and they were attacking me and I got up with my pillow walked to the door threw my pillow out in the hallway and said get off of me crawdaddies um what else one night I slept walking and my parents found me in the mechanical room with like all like um with our freezer and our what is it oh, I'm trying to think water heater and all that stuff yeah they found me in there yeah I have I have so many so many sleepwalking stories but yeah I hope you guys enjoyed the story I thought it was pretty good actually I thought it was really good one of the better ones that I found I had another one I was debating between doing but I chose this one instead I just burped if you heard that I'm sorry but yeah that's about it. I hope your guys' work week so far is going good. I started my new job, and I've just been, you know, doing the training and stuff like that, just watching a lot of videos online and, you know, that whole baloney that you always have to go through and do. Um, Thursday, we are going to do a horror movie breakdown on Talk To Me, okay? I thought it was good. I liked it. It's a little fast-moving, and it kind of jumps around, but we'll get into that more on Thursday. And then this, well, Saturday, we're going to be doing, you know, Random Nautical Horror Stories, the same, the same shizzle. And then on Sunday, we are going to do Howard Unrolf, or Unrolf, I don't know, I can't read my handwriting, and he is allegedly the first American mass shooter. So we'll dive into that one, and we'll learn about that one and everything, so... But other than that, I don't really have much for you guys. I hope you guys are just, you know, staying healthy, being happy, buying whatever you want, you know. We're almost to the weekend. If you get paid weekly, shit. We're about to blow all of that money on something stupid, right? Whether it's shoes or it's, you know, drinks at the bar. I don't give a fuck what you buy. But, yeah. Alright, I'm going to leave you guys here. I'm going to head out. If you guys want to sit here and conversate with yourselves, you can. Alright, it's always nice to make new friends, okay? So, remember, stay frosty, stay foxy, and most importantly, the most important thing, or you will end up in one of my episodes, you beautiful little fucking peacock. I love y'all. Deuces. (laughs) Deuces.